introducing to you the fat loss formula by Brendan Loden. So before I start today's podcast episode, I want to talk to you very quickly about my event that I'm running in aid of Campaign Against Living Miserably, also known as CAM. So I'm doing my first ever in-person event called the Fat Loss Formula, where I'll be helping you write your goals to get you to fire the fuck up and go for it, create habits for you to instill so you don't have to second guess yourself, and more importantly, allow you the blueprints to lose that first dress size. This is going to be two pound to come and all proceeds will be going to campaign against living miserably. For those who have been a long time listener of this uh, podcast, you'll know that campaign against miserably, living miserably, sorry, is the charity that I work with quite a lot. It's essentially a suicide prevention hotline. I won't go into it too much today, but it's a service that I've used previously in my life. Just eight pound can save somebody's life. That is how much it takes to run of one single call at the call centers. The call centers are open from 7 p.m. onwards and open throughout the late at night, every single night. And Campaign Against Living Miserably wants to open them lines up from midday onwards, but they currently cannot afford to do so. And that is why I'm doing the Fat Loss Formula Live. So if you are interested, message Brendan Learn at brendan.findfitness on Instagram, and I'll put you forward towards the details. You'll have to fill out a form for your interests so I know how many people come in because there is 30 seats available and I'll send you the link so you can donate your £2. If you want to donate more, that's absolutely fantastic. But I'm only asking for £2. But again, that's your call. So I thought I'd start with that today before we get into the swing of things. So I would love you to come to the Fat Loss Formula Live on the 16th of April at 2pm at Pure Gym Hull and the B Gym Studios. See you there. Welcome to the Fire Fitness Podcast with me, Brendan Loden, a humble personal trainer and his opinions on the fitness industry. So as you just saw sort of on that pre, pre-intro, I am doing this episode to talk about mental health and the reasons why mental health is so important today, basically to raise awareness for it. And I'm raising money, obviously, for that event I've just mentioned there as well. So today's episode, I'll be talking with the fantastic Amanda Trainer, also known as Mrs. Brain Trainer, about mental health, how to spot deteriorating signs in your friends, how to sort of solve your own or help your own mental health as well. It is a long one, as you've seen from the runtime, but honestly, it's absolutely fantastic. It's been one of my favourite episodes I've done in a long, long time. Um, So, yeah, please, please, please share this one out. There's one episode that I want to particularly do well. It's always any of my raw ones and my honest ones in which I talk about mental health. I talk about my own struggles in this, and as does Amanda. So Amanda does a lot of classes that are free, but free for, for my clients, anyways, on a weekly basis. And she discovers she discovers and she helps with various topics from stress eating to comfort eating to sort of goal setting to how you talk about yourself. Generally, the emotions that come with trying to start and improve yourself within the fitness industry, she covers it. She's absolutely fantastic. My clients absolutely love her. So I really, really was happy to get her onto the podcast today. So enjoy it. I'm going to stop talking. The episode is long enough and enjoy this one. I hope you really do. Screenshot it, share it, all that good stuff. And tell me and Amanda how you thought about this episode. Hello and welcome to the Fine Fitness Podcast with me, Brendan Loden. And with last week's been a solo episode, I have a guest on with me today. And before I introduce this guest, I want to say 
A big thanks to everyone that has listened to my client special with Paige. We've got a lot of listens compared to usual. I'm sure I want to get even some more today because my guest today is a bit of an Instagram celebrity. We'll go into that in a second. Um, so yeah, today's episode, it will be based on quite a sensitive, sensitive subject of mental health. And I've invited someone no other than Mrs. Braintree. So before she gets introduced herself, I want to say that, um, do we call you Mrs. Braintree or Amanda today? What do we call you? Take your pick. We'll go with Amanda, we'll make it a bit more informal. I mean, so Amanda um, runs several classes for lots of PTs every single week. Lots of PTs now, which we've been discussing just before the start of this call today. And she's an expert on many, many things from stress, anxiety, emotional eating, boundary setting. There's all sorts of stuff. All of those obviously go into the nice sort of ribbon that is mental health. So mental health will be talked about today. We will be touching on very sensitive subjects for some people. But I just think it's important for us to discuss such taboo subjects and basically not avoid these types of subjects as well. So I've already given you all her name today. So Amanda, please introduce yourself. How are you today? Hello, guys. I am very well. Really excited to be asked on. Um, a passion of mine is mental health, of course. And so anytime I can get a wee opportunity to share my knowledge, my information, I am there. Uh, I guess I am a, a life coach. I'm a mental health professional. And over the last 16 years, I have been fanatical about learning about how we work internally so I love a bit of brain chat I am quite obsessed with just feeling good which of course isn't um always you know I'm not always feeling good I always say to myself if I get five good days out of seven I'm doing well and that's even me so I, I love the fact that the pandemic has highlighted that most people, well, everybody has mental health. And so um, it just highlighted the fact that most people are actually struggling with it and it's becoming a little bit more normalized to say so. Um, so I'm really passionate now about getting help to people who, who need it. So you touched on something pretty much at the start of this, so 16 years now. How and why did that start then? Like, how did you, how did you get involved in it? Anyone that wants to do something similar to your career path? Yeah, so I am basically the walking picture of hope um, because who I am today is definitely not who I was back then when I started. I guess um, I came from poverty. I came from a family who had mental health. We just it wasn't called that. There was no help back in the day. And so my dad had a lot of trauma and wasn't getting the help he needed. He would bring that to then my mum, who had two kids, I mean, my sister. Um, and I guess my mum also had quite no confidence, you know, not good enough, um, which then basically manifested itself as affairs, domestic violence. I'm not saying I had a terrible life at all. Um, it was just a couple of parents that didn't have the tools because it, it wasn't a known thing. You just brush things under the carpet and just get through the day. And so when I, that basically turned into me having a teenage pregnancy. Um, I had Tegan when I was 17. And I just, something in me always knew there was more for me. 
Um, even though I had downloaded terrible belief systems, you know, I'm not good enough. I didn't even know, Brendan, that I could go to college. I thought you had to be some sort of special breed of person. I thought, no, for people like me, I genuinely believed that I was at the bottom of the pile. And just because nobody told me otherwise, because they didn't know, right? So we grew up where actually, you know, everybody was in the same boat, so you didn't really feel out of place. Yeah. Um, and where I came from, you weren't meant to do well, you know, you weren't, you weren't meant to go places. And so I had Tegan, and when she was two, I was always seeking... I was always saying, well, at least if I can learn more when this wee kid grows up, I can maybe offer her something then. So I, I reached out to like different organisations, managed to get onto this young parent programme. It was the first of its kind way, way back. We're talking 16 years ago now. And um, they would teach you how to cook a pot of soup and how to manage debt and how it, you know, there was beauty people that would come in. But on the last six weeks of this year programme, they brought this guy in to talk about the mind, like personal development. I hadn't even heard these words and I was 19, right? So this guy comes in called Jim Bowman, who I have found, by the way, I couldn't find him for years, but he really changed my life. He come in and he was saying to us young wee girls, it's, you know, some of them were 15, 16. I was a wee bit further on in the journey. Uh, you know, if you start to change how you think, you start to get a little bit more aware of your thoughts. Your current situation doesn't have to be forever. So basically, this guy offered me hope. So yeah. I'm just a wee girl in this horrendous situation. I'm no money. I don't have any tools. I don't know how to be a mum. Like it was, it was hard, hard times, but something in me just lit up. Now for the first eight years, I, I didn't do anything with information. So I would read the books, I'd study a good game. And I really did start to learn about the mind and positive thinking, but I hadn't changed my environment. So nothing changed for the first eight years. And then uh, I managed to move away. Things started to get better. I uh, met someone who believed in me and gave me a wee bit of, you know, positivity around that. Um, and then trauma hit me again. Um, I lost my son um, six years ago now. And although I was well on my way and I was studying and I was fascinated and I was helping people, I was merely living a mediocre life now when I look back. And it wasn't until that tragedy struck that I really woke up to the fact that you can be, do and have anything. And I mean anything, if you can get more savvy with the inner workings of your mind. So basically I started taking major action. I got a mentor. I left the crematorium, I booked, I basically looked at my goals list that had been sitting there for, you know, 10 years, giving myself excuses, I've not got the money, I've not got the this, I've not got the that, and I just went boom, 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 and I became someone else in that moment, and I stood on the shoulders of pain, and I turned into purpose, and I just kept saying, you know, 
if I can do that, I can do bloody anything. And I became honestly fearless. And I, I and it really wakes you up to what really matters in life. All these things that I've been to toiling with, it was all nonsense. It was all imaginary. It was all didn't matter. And we're losing my son. I think it really woke me up to wait a wee minute I've got a lot I want to do in this world and I, I need to start getting after it and I just started flying I, I went and trained with all the best in the world I have helped thousands of people and I, I'm in love I'm in love with what I do and I believe if I can change we Amanda from Red Road Flats who couldn't spell I was rotten at school you know and I started to retrain my brain by thought alone actually was my first few steps telling myself a better self-taught a narrative I can do this you know you you are worthy and really you know that was a that was the beginning of me starting to rewire and so ever since for the last um I guess it's eight years but six years since that happened I've really you know got serious with it and and I've started to help other people rewire reprogram, retrain their brain, which by the way, doesn't have to take a long time. That That's the hope. <laughs> and if I can do it, I swear anyone can. You're now helping, what is it? At least 200 people a week. So I've been on them calls myself. Do you know what I mean? There's, what's the highest you said the one the other, last week? Did you say last Wednesday, sorry? Yeah. Any, any one class can be up to 30, 40 people. Yeah. And I'm running about four a week. At some weeks, I'm also seeing people one-to-one -one at the weekend, and I'm now also looking after another business's um, you know, clients. So it's getting very exciting. I've worked my ass off, night and day studying this stuff, and now's my time. This is a new beginning, then, I think, for you. A little bit, isn't it? Like, I've... Well, so I started following you, what, September, October time, and even since then, I've noticed your workload just... Boom, 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 boom. Like just travel at least travel. Do you know what I mean? It's great to see, to be fair. It really is. That, that was the pandemic, you know. Before that, I was purely just one-to-ones. I never had an idea I wanted to go online. That was a matter of something bad happens and you sink or you swim. And luckily, by that point, I'd program my brain to go, right, we need to go online. We need to move with the times, you know. And, and that, that's not easy for some people. And it, it wasn't easy for me, to be fair, either. But I just started offering stress and relaxation classes because everyone around me was freaking the hell out. And, and, I, and I was like, how do I help my community? Yeah. And the classes just took off. They then turned into the exclusive workshop that you got for your personal clients as well. And um, and then these classes. So so now I'm offering ten sessions a month um, to to work on yourself for like basically like getting a private life coach uh, and yeah. therapist. <laughs> I mean the girls sort of like I said before we start recording. I've absolutely loved it already. Um, I think Chloe. I've already mentioned Chloe like Taylor, but she's like your number one fan. <laughs> I told her about this podcast and she's like really excited about it. I want to start from the beginning. I know we're going to talk what what is mental health, and that will be the next question after this one. But something you mentioned right at the start of your sort of run through your life, and that's the environment from the start. So I mean, like I am not as open as you. I'm almost scared to mention myself, but I had something similar. Um, 
And by that, I do mean the domestic side, the domestic abuse side of things. Um, it's nothing I've ever mentioned on a podcast, but I'm like, if you're willing to be open, fuck it. So I mean, it's, it's only fair. Woo! We love so, um, Yeah, like, let's talk about our demons kind of thing. But like, I, and even now, like, I've got mentors, as you know, as well. And I've had a, a success sometimes here and there. And it just doesn't sound real to me almost because even now, I don't think it's fair. Like, I came from that, I mean, I was an overweight child in, obviously, I'm not going to start slagging it off, but it's not the nicest place in the country, people not more about there, but, and yeah, like seeing me growing up, do you know what I mean? Single parent and be- just before that, seeing some horrible shit when I was really young. Um, I-, I don't know, maybe, maybe now I'm just thinking, maybe I do think I don't deserve this, I don't deserve that, or I don't deserve success of what I want to achieve, i.e. I do want me on gym one day and I do question, do I deserve it? And that might be why, do you know what I mean? All the way back to the beginning, like you've just, you've kind of just enlightened something in my brain there. And I wanted to say that like before you, I was like, what, maybe that's, what I was thinking too, just yeah. because of my environment to start off with. And that's no fault to my mum at all before, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of people do get worried about, oh, we're we saying stuff bad about our parents and, and you know, I feel like that as well, but I'm just giving my life, this is the truth for me. And and it's, they, they don't have the tools. They, they were just downloading for their, their childhood as well. Yeah. And so I, we're here to break the cycle. And by the way, just for, you know, to let you know, if there's anybody that could have a gym and, and deserve it, it's <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, like, so even now, like I doubt stuff, like, oh, this should be happening, that should be happening, or when obviously you speak to a lot of PTs now, when a client leaves, it's like, oh my, it's the biggest thing ever. And you take it personally. I'm getting better at it, but that might be downloaded from back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like 20 years ago now. Um, sure. I just realised how looks like I said I've been doing this four years now type of thing. And that's, that's a great realisation as well, Brendan, because it really is not us. It's just our brain. It's yeah. just faulty, dodgy messages that we downloaded as a child we don't know at the time that we can go, oh, that, that's not my stuff. That's X, Y, and Z stuff. We just, anything we see, hear, feel, and think with repetition will become who we think we are. That's how it's scary when you don't know what that's what's happening. I was 28 before I realised that, yeah. that, oh, this not good enough is actually my mum's. And I feel a bit shady saying that, but... Yeah. That makes me hurt for my mum as well because you know she should feel good too. So we can work you start the podcast now, can't we? After 20 minutes there. So obviously I'm calling this mental health special. What not good mental health or bad mental health, because those are my next questions, but what is mental health? What is it? It's a word since I think, like you said, since lockdown one, since March 2020. It's just it's a two words that have just increased in visibility. Obviously, a good thing. But what is mental health to you, just in general? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I googled it to see what they, they say online and then how I think, right? Yeah. So what they say is mental health includes our emotional, psychological and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. So that's what Google's telling us, right? And I see it as um, it's basically how we think and feel on a mental, emotional, and psychological level. How how well we feel or not well we feel. Um, our mental processing. Um, so yeah, I I would say that's probably quite a good handle 
how, yeah. how do you describe it? And it will affect every single area of our life. Everything starts up here. And so, yes, we want to go and work in the aesthetics. Yes, we want to succeed, but we must make sure we're working on inner world and the, the outside, because there's nothing worse than having a six pack and big popping, you know, biceps, but being deeply depressed and suicidal. That 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 is, and no enjoying it, you know? Yeah. You've just hit something there. Not that I've ever got big biceps, but like in the last year or so, I have been the best shape of my life ever. Obviously, I was a very overweight child. I was 18, I've stoned. People listen to this podcast, I've talked about it millions of times, so I need to mention it again today. Um, but also, I've gone from regularly working with eight people to, like I said before this call today, 38 people. But sometimes I'm still pissed off, I'm still angry. It just shows that it's not about how hard you're working sometimes, it's not about what you look like or even what money you're earning. It's if you can't control your shit up, like upstairs, I think there was one way of missing in that definition that you Googled there. I think it's control. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Lack of control or total control. I don't think that, that should be in there a little bit somewhere, I feel, anyway. Mm-hmm. I think what you're speaking about as well is the, the, uh, the self-image, and it's something, get all your clients to read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, or in fact, you can get the YouTube has it for free, an audio version. It's about this um, plastic surgeon guy who was fixing people's noses and he would, you know, do all these nose jobs and a lot of people would just, confidence would go, what? They felt amazing. They thought they looked brilliant. And then there was this percentage of people who were like, wait, you've not even touched my nose. Right. So even though the exterior had changed, they still in their minds believe to have this ugly nose, whatever it is, because they've went over it. That's how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Unless they start to update the inner system. And that's why you guys promote lifestyle. You don't promote diets. It's about slow and steady over time wins the race because we're updating the inner world and the outer and I hear it all the time if we think we're a fat person inside if we think we are got a sweet tooth we will never outperform that belief that self-image so this is why I am so excited to be working with your guys and PTs because you guys are dealing you know the aesthetic and of course these are dealing with mindset and things but I'm updating their inner world. So it's like, I feel good. I am confident. I can love my, and, and it's about updating both, which basically means your mind and your body start to come from the same hymn sheet. So when you say at five in the morning, right, get up and go to your workout, your body follows rather than, this bed's cozy, I'm just going to eat donuts today because I've not updated my self-image and I, and I love donuts, right? So, you know, working on two of them is, oh, it's the dream team. Yeah. I basically have got the easy job when you've got the hard job. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Once we're in the gym, it's easy. So what is, what's good mental health to you then? What is like, if you if you can measure, because can you measure it? I don't think you can, but what is good mental health to you, do you feel? For me, I think my a superpower in life is being able to control your emotion and respond to anything rather than being reactive. So it's it's about 
also loving yourself. I know that's cliche and cringy, but you must have a good opinion of who you are. You, you will never get self-esteem, for example, if you can't speak highly of yourself or say something nice about yourself. Um, and so I think if you feel half decent, you know, five days out of seven, I'd say you'd get good mental health. That's what I go by for, for myself. I'm a human. Shit happens to me every day as well. It's never, it's not always pleasant and roses. Um, so I think a good sign that you've got good mental health is you're putting good stuff into your body. You are caring about your sleep, your energy levels, you know, you're moving, you're, you're making sure that you've got boundaries in place, you know, you're sticking to your word and you're not going to be perfect, of course you're not, um, but that's what I would say um, it would be. So the statement you mentioned, I think you mentioned twice already now, is the whole five out of seven good days. This might be a very broad, broad question, but what is... What's a good day and what's a bad day for you then? Obviously, that, that will be different for everybody, but how yeah. can you objectively go, do you know what, that was a good day? Do you know what, that was a bad day for you? Yeah, I think um, when you're able to interrupt your, I still get the negative thoughts. The wee voice will come in and it'll be like, ah, just, you know, you can't do that. Or, and it'll try to keep me safe and familiar. I think a good day is when I've been able to beat any thoughts that have came in. I have um, managed to get through what I what I wanted to do that day. My workout was strong. I've, you know, I've got my meals prepped. I'm being positive. I'm I'm being kind to others. I'm controlling. It's all about controlling your emotions. So every night I ask myself two questions: Did I control my emotions today? And was I kind to everybody? Now, I've only been doing it for about 30 odd days, those two questions, because everything's all about shining awareness. If you're not shining awareness, it's autopilot, right? You've lost your free will, you'll be reacting in autopilot setting, which is normally fear-based, right? So asking those questions is, is allowing me to reflect. And there's only been two days that I've managed to not say yes. One of them was I was I got a bit stressed out with my, my daughter's situation and one of them the dog was just driving me nuts and I was like ah for God's sake um so yeah if I've managed my emotions if I've been able to be kind and be my true self my authentic self then I've had a bloody good day. That's such weird timing. Like the last thirty days, so I've got a thing with my clients at the moment. You obviously it's not a recording, like, but you can see behind me. I've got like a board, and then behind that there's like a, an A4 piece of paper, and the stickers on there. So for twenty eight days in March, I've got an app called Calm, as you, you might be familiar with it. Just generally my day, twenty eight days. I've done two days I missed, which was Wednesday and Thursday last week. Um, and then Wednesday and Thursday will get mentioned at some point today. Uh, I'm not, not going to avoid that. But so, yes, I'm looking at, I think that's, yeah, 26 out of 28 so far. We're at the end of the month now. So, yeah, it's weird at the same month we both decided to control our shit, basically. That's quite sort of funny, that, to be fair. But just by journaling and being more aware of it, it's helped me massively. It's helped me sleep, which is weird. But awareness, it is all about awareness. If we don't shine awareness on anything we're doing, it's it's we're just going to lose our free will and, and operate from autopilot, which is basically the stuff that we downloaded 
from other people that we do not want to be playing and we want to be living life on our terms. I've got a bit more of a morbid question now and that is what is bad mental health for you? It, mm. Obviously it might just be the opposite of what you've said there but what could you see or feel or sense if your own mental health was sort of deteriorating? Yeah, I think like if I've missed a day or two of anything, like I mean, I, I don't really miss workouts now, but that's probably through the beginning of lockdown, I've been solid with that. But maybe before, if I'd missed a few workouts or ate a lot of crap for a few days or been around bad energy, um, even like I would struggle with that. So I would then, I would get in my head and I'd be like, who do you think you're that Mrs. Brain Trainer? Like, you're crap. And I would really start to just be so unrealistic with reality yeah. <laughs> um, and I would maybe just I it would basically be the opposite I would I would jump into the thought I would believe it I would then maybe sleep a wee bit more nap more not move a lot I would I would be aware that that was um maybe at the time I just you know I mean I don't watch television but I might you know scroll be scrolling a bit more and they would all be side of procrastinating I'd be easily irritated and overwhelmed. Um, I'd be comparing myself. Like, I don't do any stuff like that anymore. Like, I, I did, obviously, because it's natural, it's normal. But because I, I know how my brain works, whatever I feed it is just going to respond. So so I, I need to be in pristine nick almost 100% of the time if I can. That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> There was a, some two words there that I knew you was going to say in that self-comparison. The moment you mentioned social media, like the yeah. moment. So obviously self-comparison, you've talked about, you can, I mean, you have talked about it many a times, but how do you think that can affect somebody in terms of a negative impact on them in terms of self-comparison? Honestly, like, and it doesn't make any sense, right? But it, the person doesn't even know that they're actively doing this, right? But why would I compare my life to Kylie Jenner who's a billionaire why that is never going to end up anywhere pleasant for me right especially if I'm insecure and maybe I'm, I've not got a lot of money or I am just not happy with how I look right so um what I would say would be compare what how I compare myself now only comparison to do Let's talk about who Brendan was two years ago. Compare yeah. yourself to two years ago self. Now I do this with clients and they're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I know. Can you come up, they sound like, fuck yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the only productive comparison you should ever be playing with, right? So, uh, you know, clients will go, I live on my own now. I never thought that would be possible. And I do this now. Even me, I'm like, I'd need binoculars to see who I was two years ago. And so I do that. And then if I am, I'm inspired by everything and everybody. Like I, I am surrounded by great people, but I'm, I'm inspired with kids. I'm inspired with my dog. And so when I'm comparing myself, let's say I look at Tony Robbins, right? Why, why would I, I wouldn't compare myself to him, but I would, if I was feeling myself doing that and I was, or you're looking at an influencer or you're looking at another PT, 
I would reframe it to what is it that they're doing that, that I feel that I want? So instead of saying, oh my God, they're so good, I'm rubbish. Like, how can I not do that? Da, da, da. You could be like, mm, use it as a sign to go something that they've got that I want. And if they're a human, I'm a human and I put time and effort into it, I can get that as well because that's just whatever, do you know? Yeah. So there's more smart ways to, to do these things um, that will be better serving. You know, I'm going to ask you now, don't you? <laughs> no. What, if you compare yourself to yourself last two years ago, so obviously that was the start of fucking lockdown one then. So like, so what if you was, if you was compare yourself from two years ago of March the 30th, 2020, what's the difference is there? You don't have to answer that, but I just wanted to be a smart ass, but... <laughs> Really good question. I just think I, I, my, when I first went on a Zoom call for these stress and anxiety classes, like I had about 50 faces looking at me. Now, I'd never done that before. You know, so when I look now to what I've achieved to that first time, maybe a couple of times going on a Zoom call, going, oh my God, do these people think I'm rubbish? Like, whatever. And then I, I thought, no, let's just assume that they're, you know, enjoying themselves. And, and I speak to myself like that. But when I think who I am, I, I just think confidence, it just continues to grow. Um, what else? That's, I, that's a question I want to keep pondering. Everything's improved, I have to say. I've got a solid... Um, exercise, nutrition, um, my company I keep. Um, I, I'm like meticulous about energy and who who I you know chat with and uh, give my time to and, and things like that. So I'm way more on it yeah. with myself. I go by the 80 rules, 80% me and 20 and that 20 feels like 80 to people because I'm so rich and overflowing from my cup because I've put me at the top and when when you do compare yourself to someone or someone wants to call, sort of call herself out would you because I'm a believer in I've done this again like very recently if I found myself comparing to people recently like this is a very new thing I've done I'm not sure if it's, you can tell me to stop this if I am doing this but I'm just unfollowing people straight up I'm just getting like unfollow. Like, do you think is that the right thing to do? I think that is an amazing thing to do. Like, even I've never unfollowed anything that makes me feel any less than fabulous. Like, I don't see the point to that. Um, but you know, it might that until my mental health's in the best possible condition, where I can look at that person and only take positives that about what they've got and that I can have. Best, best to protect yourself definitely unfollow and don't yeah. feel don't care about it like that person doesn't give a hoot you know we, we we live in a world where we're just worrying about what people think well a they don't think you know a lot of it's just stuff for their past and their stuff they're thinking about themselves um but also I can never tell what you're thinking anyway Brendan and you can never tell what I'm thinking so why waste energy you're going to be thinking based on your conditioning and mine for mine. So I would never be able to tell, you know, I meet people and they go, she was a hypnotherapist. Can you see in my head? And I'm like, no, nor do I want to, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> people are terrified. 
petrified of their thoughts, petrified to go inside. And I swear it's the most beautiful place you can ever go. We've got it so backwards and for what reason, I don't know. Um, but most people, that's why they busy themselves because they're so scared to sit alone with their thoughts. And I think that's what lockdown pushed people to do. And I think that's why the positive is more people are getting, seeking help now. And do you think, so do you know why I'm locked down one? So I, obviously I had to go on Zoom as well. And I got a lot of people saying, you are the only person I'm speaking to right now. And did you get anything like that as well? I know it's completely irrelevant to the topic, but do you not feel yeah. that bizarre that you was having people, the only people that you were speaking to or people speaking to you, uh, people speaking to in lockdown, sorry, was you and your classes? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It, it was very bizarre. It was such a, it seems like years ago, did you think so? Yeah, so I always think, when I asked you that question, it's smart asking, where, where was you two years ago? So I, this is my second mental health episode. Obviously last year before I went 24 hours spin, I did an episode with an old university friend because he's a cognitive therapist now. And I was just thinking then, when I was recording that last podcast, and this just shows how much I've changed, I'm in the same room. That wall was white. This was my spare bedroom from... I was in a breakup, so I was in the spare room. Um, but I was kneeling on this very carpet, the laptop, and it wasn't my laptop, it was my girlfriend's at the time, on the end of a like underwear drawer, and I'm kneeling doing the full podcast. And I was just thinking, and the last time I did a mental health episode... I didn't have a fucking, I didn't have anything, <laughs> I didn't have a laptop, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm just thinking then like, this setup's like less than a year old, it made me realise then, I'm like, oh, many sure things have changed in a year, yeah. Well actually, it's now that you're straightening that up as well, with that, you know, the first lockdown I got approached by a guy who now is very big into podcasting, um, and asked me to talk on Instagram live for 20 minutes or on his podcast about mental health. That was really the beginning. He yeah. then becomes my producer. I then start a podcast. I've got all the professional kit now as well. Although it's bloody been put up the loft. I really need to, I really need to get back on that. But what a long way. Like, yeah. just like your experience. I've just asked you that question, but that's not even two years ago. That's That was last March. I was doing it on my knees, doing a full podcast on my laptop and my laptop audio. The microphone, by the way, second ever episode, that's new. So you're, you're the first guest, the first guest of a microphone as well. So there See, we are. I mean, imagine, imagine we went and listened to the first episodes. I did. So I listened to that episode, getting ready for this one. I'm like, oh my God, like even my voice and my mannerisms are so different. It's weird. So we're yeah. way off topic there, but I asked that question and I think, Everyone else can do the same. Where were you this time last year? Do you know what I mean? Like, that was one year ago for me. I'm not saying I'm the finished article. Nowhere near it. Do you know what I mean? But never mind two years. One year ago, where was we all? Because we was in the middle of a lockdown two. Or that Three, sorry. So, I always believe that um, if you're on this list, being able to listen to this, you've survived a lot. Yeah. You've survived a lot. And we should never ignore our strength. Even pre-COVID, like... If you've survived and you're in your 20s or your 30s or whatever, you've been through stuff and you've survived it. And I think that's a thing that we can sometimes forget about. Yeah. Um, especially when we're in a bad place. I've said, and I said this while lockdown as well, what we did, and it was like, was in, we're going to be in history books now, what we did. I know. But where, where was you while lockdown? Oh, I was speaking to people on, on a laptop, telling them to jump around the living rooms. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's bizarre. Do you know what I mean? It's bizarre. 
So are you? So um, I'm going to go a bit darker, to be honest. We've got to a little bit, but so this episode kind of got inspired by my own sort of mindset recently. I mentioned it pre-recording. Um, so obviously I, I took a dip last week to a point where to, to stop work, something I've not done, probably the reason why I needed to, but I, I had a week off since that 24 hours spent that I mentioned earlier. That was last May, so even Christmas week I was working this year. Um, but I had to call myself out and then I asked my clients afterwards, was I weird on the week coming up to this? And all of them said yes. So what do you think you could do to help us what could you look for if you saw someone or you think that someone is struggling, that they're, they're being different or their energy is different as well? Because obviously, personally, I do suffer from depression. I am on and off medication myself. I'm not saying that defines me in any way. Um, and I have mentioned it once or twice in a podcast before, because I think it's important for people to mention subjects like medication for depression and stuff like that. But for someone that was unaware of their own issues, how, how, what would you look for in their own sort of struggles or the way they change and things like that? I would say definitely that retracting from life, you know, they're maybe what is the end more, you're maybe not hearing them as, from them as regularly. Um, you got a bit quiet there, sorry. Oh, can you hear me now? That's lots more better, yeah, sorry. So I was just saying, um, I, I think one of the main ones would be that they, you know, they're putting, they're hiding away. They are perhaps stopped coming out to events. Um, maybe they are not as responsive in group chats. Um, perhaps, you know, no answering the phone, things like that. I think they are massive signs that um, somebody is perhaps, you know, dealing with something. And how would you bridge that conversation potentially? Because it, it could fucking scare life out of them, couldn't it, really? Yeah, um, I think... I think the biggest thing is to listen more than talking. Um, so send one message. Um, find, and if you are in that place, find one person you can trust um, and know that, that it's it's actually, we, even you opening up today is probably going to free somebody from their wee place that they might be in today. So how powerful is that? And I think, I think that's the con, right? So before I... Um, 2018 I, that's when I started really like no f's given sharing everything my pain my struggles and I became the busiest therapist ever because I was normalizing I was making people feel normal and um, I was showing emotion Um, I think I think it's such a con that we believe that shame and guilt I look back at myself and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Go you. Whereas for 28 years, I told myself it was embarrassing that I had no money and, you know, it was skint and I, and I was a single parent and I was, you know, this, that, and the next thing. Um, so yeah, I would, I would just, I would send a message, one message. I wouldn't, um, I'm trying to think. It depends on the, person yeah. as well it, it truly does just it depends on the person but I would I would be maybe in the past I would be more quick to go in with the big I am's and give it advice you know do this do that but the fact of the matter is listening is probably the best thing sending one message just checking in you're right 
um, and then just listening. Don't try to advise or tell them what to do. I think there's power in being not even heard, but like being noticed as well. Yes. Like I, I had a big deal. Yeah, there's a guy, um, I don't know, can I tell you, but I see him quite often. It's not a client, it's just somebody I see at a place that I go to. And I noticed one morning that he just wasn't like myself. And, um, you know, the next day he was there and I said to him, Look, I was going to text you yesterday to see if you were all right. You just didn't seem yourself. And, you know, he must have went up the road and thought about it. And he sent me a wee message. He went, thanks so much for, for checking in on me. I so appreciated it. It was just, you know, it was gentle. There yeah. was no, like, tell me. You know, it's, it's hard when you're emotionally connected. So if it's a family member, that can be more tricky. Yeah. Um, but just, just find ways to make it known that you are about that you care, you know, that, that you're there when they, they want it. You've just kind of made me remember really like sort of conversations with, no offence, but typically older people, you're like, when you do talk about mental health, they almost want to make make it their fault. You've got depression, so that's my fault. This happened because of, do you know what I mean? They all, not that they'll make it about them like it's a bad thing, but have you experienced that before at all? Where they're like, oh, it's because I've done this to you and it's stuff like, like, you're in a bad mood because of me. Like, how would you respond to people that maybe are opening up and they kind of make it about themselves or or anything like um, that at all? There's a tricky one, that, because it's all about, like, that's it's ego, isn't it, that's involved with, with other person? That that's that. There's not really a, a good way out of that, I would say, apart from to the person that's trying to open it up. Um, maybe just finding someone else maybe maybe speaking to someone out with that sort of group that circle yeah i asked that for me by the way because uh oh. obviously having that one day off last week i'm I've been on the i'm on the apology tour as you call it joe this week so i said that the day off and stuff like that but being heard as you mentioned earlier that text like um i'm going to use this channel now and sort of mention my clients were fucking brilliant last week do you know what i mean it was insane like and my phone, I didn't want it to be, but my phone was going off all Thursday. Do you know what I mean? One day off. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that, that did mean a lot to me. So, like, I think I messaged, if I didn't, I, mean, I know I did because I've seen people, everyone since then. But, but yeah, like, that was massive to me last week. So, like, when I do, when, like, and I think you might get this being self-employed, you get so far into your business and what you're doing. You kind of not forget about all the people, but you kind of forget there's other shit going on in life in general. And I'm very guilty of of forgetting things and what's important to me as well. I forget why I'm doing this shit sometimes. <laughs> I think as well, like, um, writing stuff down. I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was like, my family member was upsetting me and normally, you know, I'd get angry and I'd like, ah, why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And she went, I brought out my book and my pen she went and I wrote it down and she went, honestly, I was I, I nearly gave up my whole day toiling with this stuff. But I put it in my journal and I feel great. She came to class last night, everything was great. So if you can find any form of getting whatever's inside up and out, because to me, depression, um, feeling low, a lot of it is a manifestation of your thoughts. So... If I'm telling myself this isn't going to get better over and over and over again, 
your thoughts will will be very convincing they will convince you they will go through all the files of your life to anything that looks similar to that and it will really try to convince you that yeah you're an absolute loser you know this is they're going to get better what's the point and so um definitely learning about how to interrupt your thoughts how to um get your thoughts up and out whether it is to a person but you know you for for example next time you're starting to notice a decline or message me and i you know i'll be able to get a wee bit of chat with you and, and be able to guide you in the right direction okay <laughs> i had a good sort of question amongst all of that as well. And do you, I mean, it's more of a statement actually, if you agree or not, but do you think some people, including myself, I think a lot of people have done this in the past where you almost make the bad things that have happened your identity. And also you mentioned this when you was growing up as well, to a point where you're not going to be able to do it. Oh, well, I can't do that, I'm depressed. I can't do this because of this. This happened because I'm depressed or I'm anxious. Would you say that's, that is a true sort of statement? Yeah, and it's it's not actually our fault, by the way. It's, it's the fact that, I call it the bully in the brain. So anything you do five or six times becomes a habit, right? So it'll be circuited. So let's say you do have an experience, you feel your bloody test when you're wee, and you then become a, you believe you're a failure. And that bully, unless you go in and give it new options, will always operate from that, that belief system, right? Now, the more that happens, the stronger it becomes, the more ingrained it becomes. And to the point where you would never even question whether that thing you're telling yourself is true or not. It's, it seems so real, so believable, but it's that just an unconscious, habitual way to think that you've done for a length of time. And so it'll always be your first one. The key point is, is to always realise that these thoughts will come up. Negative thoughts will always come up. No matter what you're going to do, you'll maybe get five to ten negative thoughts first. The, the, the job for us is that we don't believe them. Your thoughts aren't facts. We need to start questioning the thoughts rather than ourselves. right? So we're all going about questioning ourselves. Why don't we question the shit that we're actually telling ourselves? You know, that we're crap, that we can't... No, wait a wee minute, you're a programme for 19 canteen, away you go. I've got better tools now. I've got 20 years' experience in my bag now. And proceed ahead. And how would you go about starting that process then, in that case? Of, like, calling yourself out? Yeah, so um, if I, I was... Um, let's say I somebody messages me and they, they're like, can you be on a call in 15 minutes to talk about... Like the BBC phoned me yesterday and asked me, did I want to go on on Thursday to talk about spring cleaning and am I spring cleaning this year? And I'm like, that's not my speciality. <laughs> you said spring cleaning then, didn't you? Yeah. But she said the word declutter, so I don't know if they've used declutter and I'm on their freelance list, so they phone you up and see if you want to go on the radio. Um but I was just like, my first thoughts were like, what? Like, you don't even like cleaning? Like, <laughs> but, and to be honest, I, I didn't go for it. But the first thoughts were, blah, you know, you can't do that. Who are you? Da, 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 da. And I would just shout, stop. <laughs> That's the practical tool. Shout, yeah. stop, right? 
or see a red stop sign. Anything that's going to interrupt that habitual neural pathway from firing and wiring together again. So you would shout, shout stop, and your rethought might go a detour, but it will probably come back because you've done it 50 billion times. You just keep interrupting it. And talking about calling um, yourself out, do you mean like for doing it? Yes. Is- if I say if I wanted to do so, obviously I've got a live talk on the 16th April. I'm mm-hmm. fucking shitting it, but do you know what I mean? Like, say if I almost didn't bother booking that because I don't think I can talk in front of people. Like, I'm calling myself out there. Like, I'm aware I'm telling myself I can't do this live talk. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, like, by calling myself out, I mean stopping myself saying I can't do it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, so it really does come down to awareness, recognising it first and foremost. So we've done a bit of brain chat, right? So you've got your conscious mind, which is the part of you that's booked the, booked the, the, the talk, right? It's the logic, right? It's the part of us we're in right now. It's, a, it's responsible for about 5% of our mental processing. So with your 5%, you've went, booking the talk, I can do this. But then your 95% subconscious mind, which is where all the shit is. <laughs> don't know if you're allowed to swear in this podcast, but don't know. The sea bomb has been thrown out everything, don't worry about it. <laughs> You've got a big program that's been operating for X amount of years that, that's a file full of all the times you messed up. So what we need to do is recognise when you are playing in the fear-based setting, right? So let's say you have recognised that, you, that you're playing about in the negative thoughts and, and you're like, so you want to be starting to slow the thoughts down first and foremost. So your thoughts are creating the feeling which is stopping your behaviour, stopping you from taking action, stopping the body from going. And you want to slow your thoughts down through your breath, through one a technique, through journaling, anything the minute you shine awareness and take it out of here into something else you would slow your thoughts down you would be able to think clearer and you'd be able to rationalize and you would be able to come back on into your five percent conscious mind and go wait a wee minute these things that are coming up you know it's just doing I was a wee guy like and talk yourself into a better existence I can do this repetition it's all about self-talk consistently every single day. Visualise. So the, the part of your 95% brain, it can't tell the difference between a real and an imagined event. So if you're playing you messing this talk up, it's going to keep you in fear. It's going to stop you from preparing it. If you're visualising smashing it, it works just as powerfully. So you actually want to just continue to play with the desired outcome, the, the yeah. how you feel when you leave that talk, which yeah. is fabulous because you've went up and you've gave your all, right? So th- there might be a wee bit of perfectionism in there, where it's not going to be perfect. Matt, you've just right. filled me right on the head there. So I have been picturing this talk, and for the record, I do think I'll smash it. <laughs> Sorry, I will. I talk all the time, do you know what I mean? But my clients know that I've done this, so... I had an event called Storm the Studio last year where we all went to the gym studio. In my head, I was picturing 30 people, 12 people came. Um, Christmas Day, I was expecting 40 people. 18 people came. 
We just did a Nando's and Laser Quest event. I was expecting more people. So for me, it's the opposite problem. It is higher expectation than what's happened. And I'm almost, and it is related to mental health because I'm almost taking the enjoyment out of doing these things. Out. What would you say selfishly to me about that kind of thing? Like when you've got such high expectations of something or I could pivot towards a client in this where they're looking at, they're going to do, lose a certain amount of weight and they're going to look a certain way the moment they lose this amount of weight. How would you manage those expectations so that they're still happy with what they've achieved if it isn't the desired effect? You're you're taking all the responsibility on your shoulders when it's got nothing really, you know, their results. We're the guides. We are, you know, the person who's going to take their hand through it. But we, I used to put all that pressure on myself. Whereas actually you're saying, here's your, what you need. Here's everything you will ever need. Now it's up to you. And so, and then in terms of the expectation, and you'll be there, and it is important, when I sit with a client who are telling me they're a piece of shit, it's so important that in my head, all I can see is that client recovered. Yeah. That's what drives us. That's, we have, if I'm sitting gone, they've no chance of feeling better. Like, that's unethical. Yeah, right. they already don't believe in themselves if you didn't. Yeah. Yes. So, so, you know, it's important. You've got it right. You have got the success plan. But perhaps, you know, if you know if you know that with the event sort of thing, I would maybe lower your expectations there and then the opposite. You know what it's like? Yeah. Once you <laughs> go and, and let it flow, the universe will, will bring it. I need to shrink my ego, basically, is what you're saying. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> in my head, I'm expecting, like, I want 30 chairs there. Everyone clapping loads. Too, like, almost too much energy kind yeah. of thing. Uh, it's all ego. It is. And, and I honestly, like, see when you dissolve and stab the ego, like, it's so much better. And I think... I would actually imagine, uh, you know, where you want it, that, you know, when it's ego, right? To when, when really you know the, the real reason you're doing it. So you ought to be thinking, even if I help one person, you know, yeah. as long as the, you don't let the ego come into that, because it, it is. But what I would do is anytime you get caught up in it, you know, start doing some star jumps, start doing some things that's going to snap you out of that stupid, you know, way yeah. I think. You know, it's just, going to traumatize you <laughs> like because yeah, i'm doing it as like i've got a bucket this year weird like i'm going i'm doing all these little bucket list things and one of them's a, a public event so that's why i'm doing it kind of thing but in my head i'm thinking oh there'll be a lot no, i don't think there'll be loads but in my head when i pitch this event it is like have you ever seen wolf wall street yeah he says i'm not leaving and everyone's jumping around and going Woo! That's <laughs> it. he won't be like that but in my head when i pitch the event it will be when but i'm never probably you know you've got that vision because one day that is what it will be and these are just all your practice rehearsals yeah i'm comparing yourself some comparison i'm comparing to like these business events that i've done you're comparing to chat i've been doing that, that shit for years and i'm saying oh my first ever event will be like that it's ridiculous isn't right. it so you're just having to go back to what we spoke about at the beginning of this compare yourself to the two people that you spoke to two years ago, to the, at least your numbers are increasing. Yeah. So that to 18. So you might probably hit in the 20s and then it'll just keep rising. I've got some, if you don't mind, anyways. Uh, so sort of like all I've wrote on my notes here is like, have you got any sort of plug and play like systems, air quotes there, that you think someone could use when they are having... I'll call it a bad battle of, of, of mental health. Like, 
things that you could do to call yourself out or prevent basically prevent the dip in the mental health at all I'm sure you do like I know you do but um I talk about the dirty washing pile right so because you can't see your mind with your naked eyes you don't give it the respect it deserves so if you were to start thinking about your brain like your dirty washing and it's about you don't wait to shit hits the fan till you give your mental health attention this is a daily practice sadly you do need to chip away daily you can't do what you've done which was work every day from me that's how you've had your dips right you must be ten don't get me wrong you exercise so there's lots of things you are doing and that's probably how you've been able to go that long right but if you're chipping away at your washing each day it's going to be emptying what I call the pressure cooker and you'll have less you know less things that will cause you to go there or you know it'll keep you away from those darker times and um, I would also work on developing some grit so we must start to get out the, the comfort zones we can't stay in autopilot if we, if we want to develop better mental health start by you know doing something hard in the morning so uh, cold showers, amazing for strengthening your mind. Because if you're getting a cold shower in the morning, listen, that phone call to the doctor doesn't seem that hard anymore. Or I'll go on the Stairmaster at 6 a.m. for my finisher. Because I know if I do that, then, you know, getting up the road to the 10 other things are not going to seem as harsh. And so I would say chip away a little bit each day. It doesn't have to be a spiritual hour-long practice. Three to two minutes, for example, will, will of mindfulness will change your brain. That's a scientific proven fact. I would use the breath personally. I would tap negative thoughts out. Anytime you've got anything in your body that's starting to feel not nice, anger, you know, worry, fear, Get it out your body the minute, you know, I'm not saying don't feel because you want to sit in your feelings and, and work it out. Don't stay there too long. Don't dwell on it. We need to get into a place where we're starting to redirect ourselves. I've always got a list because um, when you're in a place, it's hard to see the woods for the trees. So I've always got a list of things I know make me feel good so that if I'm feeling bad, I don't need to think too much. I'm like, right, a bath music you know a walk uh, and you do not want to do that in that moment but sadly you, you do need to push through some of it you can't just lay there and expect you know a fairy godmother to come and change it it does take effort from our you know our side as well and so yeah a, a little bit speak to yourself better can you know it's the way we're speaking to ourselves that's causing half of this um so yeah whatever you're feeding your brain is going to either return you a good investment or a flipping terrible one um and so that's up to us so it's our responsibility once we've got the information and the tools to use it um as well key part there was how you speak to yourself oh. like you can imagine brendan kind of chat I have for myself in the morning. <laughs> I tell myself amazing things. Do I believe them? All the time? I, probably now, right? 
some I don't, but back in the day when I was just starting to reprogram my brain, I had the dodgy settings from my childhood and I'm starting to say, I am confident, I can do this. Didn't feel true, but it's I call it telling yourself a better lie. Calling yourself a piece of crap's not true either. So you might as well tell yourself better lies. And so just start to say, I feel good today. I am safe. Beautiful affirmation. I am safe. Everything is always working out for me. All is well. The three sentences over and over and over again will get your brain to start thinking and a different quality of thought. Um, so, you know, before a client comes in, I'm like, woo-hoo, this is amazing. They're gonna get the best session ever, blah, 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 right? And so when they leave, is it always flawless? No. Have I spent back in the daytime going, I should, I should, I could, I? Yes. Did it, what I focus on, I get more of though. So I'm better to focus on the three things that went really well, because then the next client that comes in is getting me in a good state rather than me doubting and pitting yeah. and, you know what I mean? So it comes down to what you focus on. I had a terrible weekend, like as in I had an event, I had people sitting at my office. I left in plenty of time but my keys were missing. Now, people had paid good money to come and see me and it's an hour before the event kicks off and I'm like, shit. It was, it was horrible. It's messages you don't want to be sending to people who are sitting waiting on you, you know? And so I kept calm and I was like, right, what, what am I going to do about this? So I managed to keep myself calm. I think they were lost in the car wash for a few days before, but they, it was guys that couldn't speak English they were quite unhelpful as well but anyway um, I was like what can I do right so I basically had enough awareness about me to remember that my friends got a beautiful clinic a couple of streets you know in the middle of Glasgow city centre I thought long shot but why not voice no any chance and she was like I can be there in 25 minutes like uh, she dropped everything for me she ran in opened her beautiful clinic and she had a training room and blah 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 but anyway done the event everybody was happy they were fine so after it I gets up the road and what could I have if I could have focused on the fact that I had no keys you know it never went the way it was planned or I could focus on do you know what at least I never gave up straight away these people obviously seen the effort you know, I paid for par their parking, I bought them coffees, I've also offered them a wee slot on my next gig at the Solman, like, we're all good. So if I start focusing on what should I could have didn't happen, that's got to mess with me and that's going to affect my next event. So everything comes down to what am I going to focus on? What is better serving to me? Can't remember how I got into that tangent, but thought it would offer some value. Uh, mention self-talk, but there's four words, of all of that, four words I did like in there. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. So do you know when you said that you lost the keys? Not, oh my God, I've lost the keys, but it was, what can I do? Like, what can I do? I think that's key there. And that wasn't meant to be important either. But like, what can I do? Like, I think that's so important. And you know, me for the past, I, I wouldn't have handled that situation well. I was a stress head. And it's because I was, you know, 
overstressed, you know, when maybe when I was younger and I had no money and everything was hard. And it was about cleaning that pressure cooker out and using the tools and the techniques where the channel running through my mind and my body are now clear. So I'm able to rationalize rather than I get a flat tire and I'm having a complete meltdown. I don't know what to do and I stop. I would be like, right, pause. What can I do? I'll phone the tire people, I'll phone the garage let's just breathe right now you know so it's one of them you're handling your emotions and you're able to think and get yourself in a better situation one of them you're just you're going to end up ill not yourself sick which I've done and I know it doesn't work and how would you suggest someone starts being more sort of proactive instead of sort of reactive to what occurs in their lives then yeah for sure using tools and techniques for, for first of all speaking to themselves um, better and sorry what was the question again <laughs> so how to avoid being more reactive and start being more proactive with what you do with anything that happens in life really self-care like get to the top of your list i've got so many mums with mum guilt and all that i'm like guys man where are you going to be when that child's 15 if you're never putting your health is a priority when they're five. You're not going to be there for them kids. So them kids are going to get a much better version of you if you do the work now. For some reason, there's a back to front thing that we've been brought up with. I was the same. I used to feel guilty. Now, 80% of my days spent on myself, making sure um, good and see what people get it's such a high quality but it's just minor to me but it's so rich because I'm in such a good place I can think clearly I can see things you know it's um yeah getting when we need to put ourselves first or always I'm a big believer in looking after yourself and then everyone gets like you said they're the better version of you do you know what I mean they don't want no one's the pissed off tired Brendan or the pissed off tired Amanda, they want the real you, do you know what I mean? The youth that we've got today kind of thing. Like, you need and that's to coming from the night before. I've slept yeah. for nine hours. I've been to the gym. I've fueled my body correctly. I've not jumped into group chats. I've not scrolled in my phone. I have, uh, I was going somewhere else with that there, and it's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just bragging how good you are, this is what you're doing. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but um, I think I it's what my trail of thoughts. I was getting too into that one. Now. I, was, I was basically saying like when like the more you look after yourself, the better you can serve others. I I believe in it. I mean, I think it's true. To be fair, like no one like you would you would not be allowed to do your job. I mean, you would be allowed to, but you would be able to do your job if you wasn't looking after yourself as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, well most therapists need therapy, and I think why I I've done it the right way. I I sorted all my stuff out before I started trying to help other people. And I'm not saying by any means you can't. Everybody struggles. I've got things still. I'm always working on myself every day. Um, but we you. If you want to do a good job, you must be in a better place. And I've just remembered where I was going with all of that as well. It's like all it would take would be two minutes of box breathing before from you leaving your office at five o'clock 
before you reach your kids, your husband, your wife, whatever, to take two minutes. And I think taking two minutes in between each wee transition of the day, the kids ain't going to get moaning, mummy. Do you know what I mean? Or you're not going to run to that fridge and scoff the first thing that comes into your sights because you've took two minutes to come back online, clean the slate, and the next person to see you will get a way better version. And that's such a simple thing to do, isn't it? So simple. Well, that's the problem is it's so simple. Two minutes, literally two minutes to do it as well. That people, they don't think it's going to be effective or tap them on your face. Like I remember when I first started teaching clients tapping, I would feel embarrassed teaching it because I'd be like, they must be like, this woman's telling me to tap my face when I've got severe anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Is she having something, a laugh? Something weird just happened. I, I was going to ask you about tapping. And then you mentioned it then. Maybe my man read it. So I was going to mention, since our talk that you did for my clients in February, mm-hmm. I've done the tapping a lot more. Would you be able to sort of discuss what that is for people that don't know what tapping is? Yes. So the Chinese medicine, it goes way back. Um, before acupuncture, where they pop needles in you, they, they would use acupressure. So there's meridian points that run through our body, right? And how we explain energy. Imagine you went to Chris's next event and Chris was in a sore mood. You would walk into that room and feel it, wouldn't you? Without yeah, yeah. having to speak, right? If you walk into your room and you're training your... You, I could imagine pure high energy, like buzzing, infectious. You want to be around that guy, right? Because it's positive vibes. So everything has a charge, right? Positive and negative. And going back to the pressure cooker, the build up in your brain. Let's say you struggle to open up. Most people do. We weren't taught it. So we depress and we push down. And we push down these emotions. And these emotions have got a charge. And so the um, Chinese medicine believed that tapping on these pressure points is like releasing some steam. And I can tell you from years of using it, that is certainly how it feels. Um, and so let's say I I was definitely somebody who would never talk about how they felt, like pre, you know, the past pre-six, before six years, you just didn't, it wasn't normal or natural. So you're pushing that down, you've then got, uh, you know, you might hate your boss, you don't talk to your dad, you um, got, went through a breakup, a breakdown, domestic violence, abuse, and all of that's been pushed down. And people come into my office and go, oh, hen, I put that at the back of my head. You know, I put that in a box and they, they believe that they've blocked things out. But your entire life, everything that's ever happened to you is inside this body, right? If it's not came up and out, it's still in there. And so if you think about all this energy still circulating, you can then start to go, that's how I feel, these horrible feelings, right? It's it's a manifestation of repressed feelings, memories and all that, right? So basically, don't know, like genius idea, the guy, Robert Jean Smith is the method I use, who is amazing. His stepdad would bash him with hammers. Mother had him at 14, alcoholic, new boyfriend every week, major trauma. And he was able to tap out 
all of the negative emotions phase past, right? So that to me is superpowers, right? So with tapping is anything that's in your body that doesn't feel good needs to get out your body. It needs a release. This is why um, great for nighttime, people who sit with a racing mind. So you're in your bed, you're wondering about the future. The future's not here yet, but your brain thinks it's happening in real time. So it's preparing your body for danger because it's amazing. It's always going to have your back. So it makes your heart beat faster. It sends the blood to the, the muscles. It, and that's what you're calling a panic attack or anxiety, right? But you're just in your bed. There is no danger. There is no tiger. So that energy is continuing to swirl head to toe, back to forward, round and round and round. You're then no sleeping. You're then waking it up if you get an hour or so with low energy, no motivation, very negative. You know, if I've no slept for a good few hours, I'm not as nice a person, right? I'm not as positive. My thoughts aren't of great quality. So you want to tap that feeling out, right? So basically, it's like a five-step process. So you tap in between your eye, side of the eye, under the eye, collarbone, and then you give yourself a wee peace sign. Now, what it's actually doing on a brain training level is, remember the big bully that we talked about earlier, right? So we've got a big bully, and it's a memory of the past or something someone said or you're playing a movie or whatever it might be, and the feeling is it's the feelings coming up. So normally what we would do would be go, oh, go have a heart attack. Oh my God. Or we'd buy into it, right? We would convince ourselves. We would emotionally respond and react. Our brain would then go through all the files and show you everything similar to you're just in a complete state. But this time, instead of doing that, the minute you start to have the negative thought or the craving, which it's very good for, or you're playing something for the past that you know doesn't feel good, instead of jumping into that and believing it and buying into it, you just start tapping your face and say, I release and let this go. So the bully's trying to come up, but instead of that, you've now done something new. You've given a new option and you're starting to systematically rewire your brain. You keep tapping, it might take you three rounds, it could take you 33 rounds, you tap, 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 till you can't tap no more. Tap in the car when you've got road rage, tap in the moment when your nerves are there, tap, 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 tap. It's like just a bit of steam gets released, that's how, the only way I can explain it, and it just, basically what it does is it stops the feeling from escalating. So you can think about that person and you stay neutral. And I just find that so powerful because it's like, wow, I, I will not be losing my peace for no one. <laughs> no craving, no thing said to me in the past because my peace is so expensive. And I want to be able to put my head down tonight and sleep peacefully knowing I've done a good job. My intentions were pure and nothing's playing about in my mind. That, that's how I operate my life from. So I've been doing it for like like a month now. I say it's been about a month since our last sort of call kind of thing. But like it, it's mad how it works though. Like I was wild. There is some things that you see, and I think a lot of people are giving you this, where you think it's always quite square or cheesy or corny. And like 
give it a fucking try. You'll be surprised with yourself. You really And will. I say to people, I'll send, I've got a video on YouTube that I send clients or what have you, and I say, don't watch it and then try it. Just follow along with the video first time. Because with tapping, it's the experiencing. A minute ago, I was raging. Now I'm cool. Is that all about? Who cares if I look stupid? I'm doing that again. And there's something so reassuring about the words. All is well. Everything is going to work out for me. And then taking yourself to a wee peaceful place, you've systematically rewired your brain. Every time you don't do it, by the way, and you jump into the thought, or the feeling, or let the person rea you react to it, you're systematically hardwiring that thing you don't want even further. So, you know, it's so super important that we, we do this all the time, as much as we can, as much as we remember. Otherwise, we're helping to make ourselves worse, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You've absolutely hit the nail on the head with everything I've asked today. Everything that yeah. we've discussed. Uh, have you got any additional comments that you want to make in regards to mental health, whether it be improving mental health, being aware of it? I think mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I've taken away from this today personally is you need to be more aware of your own emotions, despite never mind looking after them, like you need to be more aware of them first. That's I that, the biggest takeaway I've had from this chat today, anyways. Awareness is key, yeah. Even like with emotional eating class, uh, one of the, the, the tasks that I give them is an awareness task. For seven days, they need to write down everything they eat, the emotion they felt just before it, who they were with, what time was it, just for seven days. Yeah. Because if they don't become aware that stress is on that list seven times, they'll just keep operating from autopilot. Yeah. So it's awareness that is the first step to doing something about it. If you're not aware of it, you can't engage it, you can't, you can't handle it. You're just assuming that you're just, you know, rubbish and your mind's broken. You're just buying into all the nonsense, you know. But if you become aware of those thoughts that you're telling yourself, then you can they become tangible and you can start to, to do something about them. I want to finish today, if you don't mind. I think we should do one round of box breathing to end oh, the If you're up for that, you're up for yeah. it. <laughs> so please explain what box breathing is to people before we get involved with this yeah. driving and stuff like that don't do it while driving <laughs> you don't have to close your eyes yeah, but... I actually do box breathe when driving but I probably shouldn't promote that but obviously eyes open but it's just because I'm so conditioned to breathe from my belly so before a box breath you would maybe want to make sure that you're, you've done belly breath because even during a box breath you still want your breath to be coming from the lower part of your body i go if people you know imagine the balloon in your belly breathing in and out and they're still going <gasps> you know are we up in their shoulders and up in their chest so what i would say is up here is your stress center it's a great indication of where your mind's at if you're up here and it's shallow and it's fast and it's rapid chances are you're telling yourself scary thoughts, right? So that's a good sign. That's not a sign to go, something's wrong, I'm in danger. It's a sign to go, ah, I need to change my positioning of my breath. And you want to be guiding your breath to come from your belly. So you just imagine taking a wee flight of stairs down and imagining that balloon. I know it's child's play, but it's a good visual. 
there's a lot of visual, especially if you're doing anxiety, you're great with your imagination. So you can imagine the balloon in your belly and you're looking for an expansion to come from the bottom. So you can even hold your tummy. So even during the box breath, I want you to see if you can expand from there, right? The most exciting thing, in my opinion, it might be ego, but the Navy SEALs use this technique. These guys' decision-making has to be on point, right? If they make a wrong choice, your guy's dead. So they need to think clearly. They need to focus. They need clarity, which most of us could be doing with. And so if they use something as simple as this to get there, why don't we use it, all right? So that's the power of it. It empties the channel between mind and body. That buildup of the dirty washing, it empties that out. It will slow your thoughts down. It will slow your nervous system. It will send natural chemicals of relaxation through you and you just, you'll feel better you will be able to, you know, your thoughts have slowed down. So you, you've calmed your whole self down. You're back in control of your emotions. So that's why you should do it, right? So that's a, a motivation to do the homework <laughs> if you get to this point in the podcast, which I am sure you will. Okay, so the practical direction is so simple. Everything I do is easy, it's simple, right? You visualize a square. And each side is for the count of four. Now, if it's your first time, you might not reach for That's fine. Go for as long as you can do personally and work up to it. So we go, when we breathe in, we're imagining going up the side for four. Then we hold our breath as we go along the top for four. We breathe out as we go down the other side for four. And then we hold in um, as we go along the bottom for four. Remembering that you want the expansion coming for the lower part. You just basically follow along to the instruction and you will notice a shift in your state. So you'll just feel a wee bit more ah, cool, calm, all is well in my world, right? So step number one to the box breath is to breathe out any excess air that we currently hold in our bodies. So close your eyes and on the count of three, two, one, breathing out. Visualize your box and we're gonna go up the side, breathing in, two, three, four, hold your breath, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, hold, three, four, breathe in, two, three, four, hold your breath, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and hold, 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 and in, two, three, four, hold your breath, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and hold, 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 breathing in, two, three, four, hold your breath, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and hold, hold, three, four, two more rounds, breathing in, two, three, four, hold your breath, 
two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and hold, 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 and then keeping your eyes closed, just take a nice big breath in. Breathe out, and just checking in with your body. Just noticing if your breathing slowed down a little, and then when you're ready, you can just gently start to blink your eyes back open. And again, just checking in with how you feel. And so you would just keep, that was a, a minute, <laughs> even that. I didn't just stare at you doing that, I did do it then. <laughs> I need to make that clear. In case they go just watching you do that, yeah. <sighs> yeah, and you followed along and you know, that that's key. So. I would I would do that in between each transition of the day, going for the gym, back to the house, to the house, to my work, to my work, to my kids, whatever it is. Um, but your thoughts will be better. Your decision-making will be better. You will speak to yourself better. That will grow your awareness. That will bring your awareness. If awareness is key and my box breath can get me to awareness, you better believe I'm all over that. <laughs> And that was a minute, do you know what I mean? That was literally one single minute. I always say to a lot of my busier clients, obviously it's busier, I don't think anyone's too busy to look after the self or even reflect on how they're feeling, at least. Oh, like, that's got to be a bare minimum. Just either too busy, actually need more of it. Yeah, exactly, because they've got more, probably more plates to spin and more people to look after as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I like that ending. I, I like that ending. Have you got any sort of finishing comments to, that you want to sort of say at all? I just think, you know, if I was to track back who I used to be to who I am, um, you know, if there's one person that you can count on to change, if there's one person you can rely on to be your cheerleader, no one's words are more important than your own. And, you know, that teacher ain't popping back up to say sorry about making you feel like a failure. That ex isn't going to come and apologise, you know, it's not going to happen. But that wee child in you is still waiting to hear these words and no one's words are more powerful than yours. So get a photo of your younger self and look directly in him or her's eyes and tell them. And let the tears come up, let the emotion come up. It's healing. You're beautiful. You're important. You matter. It's not your fault. Whatever you've waited your entire life to hear, freaking tell yourself, man, and, and back yourself. And if you're going to do it, and you better be saying you can because everybody else is out to watch you. Uh, uh, people like to see people fail and lose. So we must at least be being kind to our, ourselves in a situation and having our own backs. And, and be a positive person, be a cheerleader for others it will open doors for you like no other. So I think just keep yourself in that good space energetically, making sure your circle's supportive, like if it's small, even better. Um, all of these things matter. I've loved this one. I'll, I'll, I'll probably say that on every episode, to be fair. <laughs> every time, oh, I've loved this one. I've done that. two mental health episodes now and I've, I've loved recording both of them. I felt a certain way while recording these ones because it's, it's a subject that does mean a lot to me as well. So where can people find yourself on socials 
and just to know yeah. more about your work and everything else like that just really instagram as you'll probably be aware is where i'm most present every day i'll share tips and tools i also have a youtube not as regular as i would like to be um come to a class um uh, and dm me reach out to me ask me a question I, i'm all about giving back like i want to give everything i've got away yeah. why would i want to keep it you know otherwise it would stop at me it's not that's not how i operate so yeah, so you what's your Instagram name? You didn't tell anyone. <laughs> At Smithy's brain trainer. <laughs> I still, I don't know you've got that username, by the way. Surely that was taken. I'm, I'm surprised by that still. <laughs> A trainer's my second name, fun fact. Yeah, well, I realised that when I was doing the um, the deposit before, I'm like, no way a second name's trainer. I couldn't believe it. I told my clients they don't believe me. So. I, I turned a negative into a positive because I was bullied for my surname when I was me, of course. You would get called Shoe and, you know, Nike and all that. And then I was like, well, it's Mrs. Brain Trainer to you now, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so I hope everyone else has enjoyed this one uh, I have as well. It's a long one. It has been a long one, but I've absolutely loved it every minute of it. So see you later, everyone, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye, bye. <laughs>